live. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So welcome, everybody. Um, I hope you all had a great uh, Christmas, uh, great New Year's. Um, hopefully uh, things are going well for everybody. Um, for those who are new, uh, I'm Josh, uh, also Fujo. We've got Alex, uh, Dan, and Dave. Um, just in case you don't know who we are, um, we are the FPV. Freedom Coalition, and um, it's been uh, kind of quiet. We were hoping and halfway expecting some new uh, phantom drops from the FAA, specifically related to uh, CBOs, but uh, we haven't seen those yet. Yeah, so. their history suggests they really like to drop things that uh, last day of the year, but uh, yeah, no surprises Dallas, this, so. this past year, at least not that we noticed. Maybe there's still something hidden, but... <laughs> You did check yeah, out the, hope... the Federal Register, right? Nothing popped up for you? No, nothing. nothing but... Yeah, nothing's uh, catching my attention there. So so I guess um, that just we'll... means the CBO stuff is even later than, than well, originally you know, planned. I mean, if you're late, why not a little later? I mean, that might be the thought process. Mm -hmm. But a uh, little bit of a shameless plug. So uh, we've got new shirts. If you haven't uh, been to the shop, check them out i've got uh the race or the uh freestyle one important right now um these oh, were designed coordination i i have the racing shirt on there you go so uh, uh these, were designed, well. <laughs> these were designed in uh coordination with uh miss creature she did an excellent job um great to work with and uh really appreciate her help with uh um getting us some uh new uh new swag so um, please feel free to check them out. Um, they're pretty reasonably priced, uh, really good quality shirt, really soft. So, um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, not a whole lot, uh, jumping in, in the news cycle, but I do want to touch on a couple things. Uh, uh Oh, we lost Dave. Hopefully he'll jump back in. But, uh, first is an article that I found on copy and paste this and Let's see. Make sure I got it all from here. All right. So she looks like uh, a competent drone pilot. <laughs> hey, you know, she's I, doing good. I'd let younger fly. Absolutely. She's looking great. So and at least she's indoors, so it's okay. Yeah, for sure. So this is from Scott Buell. Uh, he's the chairman and CEO at uh, Dynamic Learning Experiences. And the article is titled, Are Drones in the Classroom Safe? Um, and he goes through um, kind of the timeline of recreational drones starting in uh, 2014. Obviously, we date a little further back than that. But uh, um, that's, I think I got started in about 2016. So, um, but uh, he goes through that and he goes uh, over some drone regulations, uh, both in the United States, uh, the EU, uh, South Africa, Australia. Um, so, you know, I don't want to, you know, rehammer those, but uh, one of the cool things he goes through is, uh, um, 
the reason he goes through the regulations is because oftentimes, as we already know, there's a lot of regulations and red tape that kind of are an inhibiting uh, force in getting into drones. But um, a couple of the things he goes through and why he feels that drones make great um, analogs for uh, education uh, breaks down into a couple different areas. And, and a lot of these we've talked through before, but um, it goes through science. Um, and he says drones are being used every day worldwide to support the cause of science, like the ones being used to monitor rivers or perform geoscientific research. Uh, for kids, the physics behind drones is a powerful science learning opportunity. Physical science at every level is on display as kids observe the way drones are operated and how they adhere to the laws of nature. Um, a more obvious one would be technology and drones. Um, Kids will get to see the relevance of drones and the future of technology every day as drones are used to manage farms, deliver packages, um, in search and rescue missions for firefighting, and even for monitoring traffic. Interacting with sophisticated technology that comes with a reference guide in the form of our operational manual is a great way to introduce kids to new kinds of tech. And one of the cool things about drones is the technology is ever evolving, right? And I'll go through a couple examples of that in some other articles here, but um, engineering and drones. Uh, drones are engineered machines. They are built using an engineering design process and contain mechanisms that perform different functions. Everything about a drone is an illustration of a foundational engineering concept and the process of planning and executing missions supports a valuable supports valuable critical thinking skills and problem solving skills. And then going through art. Um, drones got their popular start in videography and art is an essential component of a comprehensive STEM education. We've seen some of our drone some drone legends go on to create video videography businesses using drones to create and edit movies. Aerial drone photography and videography is a growing field, and one that offers learners of all ages an opportunity to express themselves. And even beyond this, I would cite stuff like drone shows as a form of art as well. Um, so, um, just a, a really uh, great add-in for art and drones. Um, Math and drones. Drones make math fun, and that includes math of all kinds, geometry, numbers, algebra, you name it. Calculations are an inherent part of making a drone function. This is a great opportunity to get even ki the kids who don't like math in on the fun because they need to flex those computational abilities to get the drone off the ground. So um, really cool uh, article. Um, he goes on to how drones can be used in classrooms. Can drones be flown over schools? What are the risks? Um, but uh, just a really neat breakdown of, of STEAM, uh, which is kind of the, the add-in of art into the STEM program, which I fully support. So, and this uh, is a, a good a good mention a good place to plug the work that uh, Alex does with GATA, as well as the uh, AAAC work that uh, that Alex and I and Vic uh, Moss are involved in, along with uh, Josh Bixler and a couple other uh, folks on. Um, K through 12 aviation STEM uh, integration. And that will be, we're wrapping up that uh, report and that'll be presented on February 23 at the next AAAC meeting, <clears throat> formerly the DAC Drone Advisory Committee. Yeah. So how long, how long do we have to keep <laughs> calling it the formerly known as DAC? <laughs> or has, yeah. has everybody caught up? The artist, the art, the art. About the, three years. Yeah, the, three the, art, years. the artist previously called. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's a Josh, really quick question about the yeah. article. 
Uh, do they mention Task Group 12 at all? Do you know? No, they don't. Um, I think this okay. gentleman runs a program called Drone Legends. And I okay. think it, uh, it's kind of a... a um, it might be like an introduction to utilizing drones in, in schools, kind of a program. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he's involved in it. I'm not sure, but I don't think he, I don't recognize the name, so yeah. I don't think maybe so. it's somebody with some relevance that we could reach out to. Absolutely. What we found is just literally hundreds of uh, individual STEM programs, and that's certainly one of the tenets is that uh, the uh, possibility of uh, linking together or communicating what's available to individual states as well as individual school districts. Um, uh, and all these uh, these points that uh, uh, that are made here, that making math and science fun, as well as integrating uh, things uh, about drones into uh, the social sciences or soft sciences as well, because uh, as a uh, geek engineer, we know that uh, we need to be able to communicate with other people. So mm -hmm. lots of good uh, possibilities. Absolutely. All right, so next we've got uh, Skydio makes a move on filmmakers with keyframe autonomous drone cinematography. And this is really cool, especially for me as somebody who has come from uh, a background in 3D animation, uh, 2D animation, um, keyframes. I mean, even if you're using uh, things like After Effects or uh, anything like that, keyframe animation is really a... Uh, not a new concept, but definitely a cool concept to add to drones. So um, they've rolled, Skydio has rolled out this uh, feature with their Skydio 2 Plus drone um, and allows drone users to design and capture smooth, complex cinematic shots with just a few taps. Um, Skydio's drones are all about autonomy with phenomenal obstacle avoidance, tracking abilities. Skydio 2 has a legion of consumer fans. Um, but basically the way this works is you go through your flight um, or you pre-plan a flight. And there's a little video here that I'll play while it's um, while I'm talking. But you go through, you fly your drone, you set up uh, individual shots. Um, and then you basically tell the drone to um, execute the, the keyframe uh, flight plan, basically. So you're setting up individual shots. And the drone is filling in the spaces. The the software in the drone is is filling in the spaces in between the keyframes. So you can see they're setting up the keyframes right now. Um, a couple different shots, and then um, go ahead and pause that, and then I'll play this, and you'll see kind of see how those keyframes link together to create one smooth shot. Um, so I thought this was really cool as a way to kind of pre-plan your shots and be able to execute it um, almost relatively hands-off. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, for this, in this case, uh, for a real estate ad, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're uh, used to that in animation or in software-based stuff, um, it makes a whole lot of sense. So um, not too far from now, the director will just have its own drone and tell it where to go, and there will be no drone pilot? Is that what we're, yeah, <laughs> we're I mean, showing here? <laughs> I mean, that could be, you know, relatively in, in the near future, and that's a great thing for things like cinematography. I mean, especially when you're going through, and, and 
everybody's seen the behind the scenes on on movies and stuff like that and where they're setting up the the camera and how many times they rehearse that in, in order to make that that one shot um you know pan through the scenery especially of like an action shot or something like that um this i mean obviously makes it a lot easier and repeatable uh, which is a cool kind of tech so you know we've seen a lot of recent uses um in movies with fpv drones and i'm not saying that this knocks that out of the water by any stretch because i think fpv uh drones bring a lot to the table um i think it was that ryan ryan reynolds movie that uh um that recently red notice, red notice thank you and uh it's funny because after um we talked about it. I went and watched it. You could definitely see those FPV scenes, and they were really cool. They were great. But, uh, Another movie that's coming out soon with um, Ambulance. Oh, really? I think that's a Michael Bay film, too. Oh. It's a Michael Bay, Bay film with well, FPV hey, drones, FPV ambulance. Explosions. All over the trailer. <laughs> it's really cool. So, um, yeah, but this won. is a really cool tech. One is FPV, and uh, uh, two is highly automated uh, aircraft like uh, Skydio is getting to be, and uh, certainly that's the direction of their companies to become more and more automated. Uh, I'm optimistic that they'll we'll see a requirement for uh, remote pilots uh, to pilot these things on sets and uh, as uh, proportionate with uh, whatever risk uh, is there. And uh, while I'm sounding like the drone police, it's also a... Uh, to me, a, a prudent safety factor to have uh, someone on hand to, to be able to understand uh, and manage the uh, the drone when it's in the air. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I've not had any hands-on experience to, to go to one comment. We've got uh, curious what its limits on uh, agility are. Um, I've not had any hands-on experience with the Skydio drone. I know they're, they're, um, you know, they're not meant to be, you know, speed machines, but at the same time, I think they're, you know, they've got, they're, they're fairly quick, fairly agile. I, um, but, uh, uh, it, it's just really interesting in terms of, you know, being able to snag a, a unique shot and letting the software kind of assist you in doing that. Yeah, plus, um, I believe Skydio is using NVIDIA um, AI gonna, tech. I was just going to say, so they've got a, a GPU powering that thing. So, yeah, they've got a good amount of horsepower driving the onboard uh, flight controller as yeah. well as lots of radios. And uh, absolutely a ton of uh, you know inputs in terms of obstacle avoidance and, and whatnot. I think there's like five or six cameras on these things uh, all in different uh, locations out on the arms and underneath and on top that um, are there just for obstacle avoidance and um, detect and avoid and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, pretty interesting tech. So let's see. Ooh, there we go. Ambulance official trailer. All right. So next up is the Firefly drone. And it's kind of a, a misnomer here because this thing is a called a Firefly, but uh, it can lift up to 100 pounds for two hours. So it's a heavy lift drone. Um, 
developed by a California-based startup, Parallel Flight Technology, in partnership with NASA. Um, it is both electric and internal combustion engine powered. Um, it's got a, it weighs 120 pounds itself, um, measures three feet in height and has a five foot wingspan. Its repellers are 40 inches long and it's equipped with a 60 volt, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Um, it's a hybrid technology that uses, combines, uh, internal combustion engines with electric motors. Um, depending on the payload, um, it can stay up into the air for up to seven hours, um, with an auxiliary fuel tank. It boasts a two hour flight time when carrying a payload of a hundred pounds, um, which parallel flight technology claims is 10 times longer than any existing solution. When it only has to carry 40 pounds, it can fly for four hours and a payload of just 10 pounds, uh, it can increase to seven hours. I was going to say um, they must've taken that firefly name from the TV show. But uh, I don't know. The design isn't quite right. It's yeah. A little bit. So let's pull up some pictures here. I believe that they had spaceships in that that were cargo carriers that were similar. Yeah, it might be. I haven't watched Firefly in a long time, so. But uh, definitely a unique Sounds looking like an old uh... movie. <laughs> it was a. It's an old TV show. It was a TV show that yeah, uh, TV. got a cult following, and they even got older then. Got canceled after what 10, 10 episodes, something like that. Oh, but it's really good. So, anyway, um, I thought that was pretty cool. They're calling it the pickup truck of the sky. So, there you go. Uh, we got so it can drop uh, lots of nasty things on people. Great, just what, just what we need. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have watched X Jet's okay. la latest rant the about dropping explosives from drones but yes i i, I saw lots of those articles <laughs> i was searching what were you gonna say, Alex? dominating the news cycle 130 drones with one operator really means nothing because drone light shows have been doing that for the longest time already so drone light shows are essentially pre-programmed uh, if I'm not mistaken, pre-programmed execution, right? You can modify the mid-show. So, um, they're they are pre-programmed, but you can modify them and do other stuff mid-show. It's not much different. Gotcha. So this one, uh, this is uh, right coming out of Raytheon. Um, they have. Uh, um, shown off their latest offering on the ability to control hundreds of drones in a swarm by a single operator. Um, so they're using, um, not going to go through the entire article, but basically they're using off-the-shelf parts um, for the drones and then modified software, or you know, custom software, I should say, to be able to control all of them at once. What do they mean um, by control all of them at once? Like, you don't have just a radio and you're flying, telling them exactly where to go, do you? Or yeah, you're, pretty you're controlling much. a swarm uh, and giving it direction? You're controlling an entire swarm, yeah. So basically what's happening, and I could read it or I could kind of break it down, but uh, going through the breakdown, essentially you're telling the swarm where to go, and the drone, the, the swarm itself is communicating within the swarm of where each individual one uh, is. 
Um, but they're all kind of co-locating onto the same, you know, target point, essentially. Can somebody explain why you would want to have a swarm of drones? So there's two reasons. One would be uh, for uh, combat basis. So if you're trying to over, you know, oversaturate and, you know, create devastation, a drone swarm would be the way to go. Um, second is Raytheon also develops anti-drone drone swarm technology. So um, I would so say... One way to take out a drone swarm is to send another drone swarm at it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, that's pretty much what you can do. So those would be the the military applications for sure are going to, you know, be the abundance. Of Somebody at Raytheon was playing too much StarCraft and the Zerg uh, <laughs> characters... Zerg Storm. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, basically, it uh, does not use high-end computing devices or sensors, uh, but relies on commercial off-the-shelf hardware, which is inexpensive, and combined it with custom-built software to deliver swarm autonomy. Um, they built a broad library of simple tactics building blocks that could be used to create plans and then accomplish mission objectives. Um, to improve interactions between human operator and the drone swarms, Raytheon has created a virtual reality interface that taps into the drone feeds to create an interactive virtual environment during the mission. It also uses a speech interface, uh, which the operator can act quickly during the mission, even as they control multiple systems at once. So, uh, pretty interesting. Using a and speech a great interface? So you can and just yell at the drones? Off. Be like, turn left. Speech interface. That's, that is interesting. <laughs> or do they? Also, they mean like speakers. Company, uh, and uh, yet another aviation company that uh, shows up a, a lot. And uh, uh, anyone, uh, any young uh, individuals uh, interested in getting into aviation, Raytheon does some very cool military work. All right. So um, this is also coming from Drone DJ. Um, drones help fix outages after Virginia winter storm leaves thousands without power. So this is more in your neck of the woods, Dave and, and Alex, but I think that's uh, more mine. <laughs> it's been four days since a winter storm pounded Virginia with up to 11 inches of snow and left tens of thousands of residents without power. Uh, crews at utility Dominion Energy have been working tirelessly ever since to ensure swift response, swift response to the outages. But with heavy wet snow knocking down trees and making some areas especially inaccessible by road, drones have played a critical role in giving linemen a head start to understand what they're dealing with. So what they did is they, um, instead of walking the lines or driving the lines um, due to um, basically, you know, tree falls or uh, traffic or anything like that that would prevent the crews from getting to the lines physically, they were able to pop the drones up, you know, overhead, get past all of that, and then direct crews, uh, inspect the lines from the air, and then get crews exactly where they're needed to get power back up as quickly as possible. Um, so uh, pretty cool uh, use of drones in in terms of inspection and, and repair. Um, so it says uh, some of the rights of ways we've seen with this storm, crews wouldn't have been able to walk down it and get access to the facilities until tree crews got in and got the trees out of the way. The drone, meanwhile, can navigate over top all of it. 
So uh, pretty cool that uh, we were able to do that. Don't we say I didn't do it? Um, so uh, this is uh, coming from the Drone Girl. Uh, 2022 New Year's resolutions for drone pilots. So um, this is a pretty neat little article um, on things to do uh, to kind of push your limits and, and expand yourself as a drone pilot. But number one is get licensed or certified as a drone pilot. Um, so it says, while the FAA requires that everyone operating a drone in the U.S. weighing uh, 249 grams or more must be certified or licensed, the reality is, is that anyone can buy a drone from their local electronics store and start flying it. Um, getting your remote pilot certificate under Part 107 or passing the FAA recreational drone test is a step in adding legitimacy to the drone industry and, more importantly, ensuring you know your stuff. Um, so obviously if you're flying drones for business reasons, you need to get your part 107. If you're flying for fun, uh, take the trust, uh, very quick, uh, test. She says, uh, 30 to 60 minutes. It's uh, much shorter than that. Um, try drone racing, Alex, this is your field. So <laughs> we're trying to push Dave. Drone. I know, right? <laughs> well, I think that might be referencing the one above. Well, no, it says... Anyway. Uh, in fact, DJI made an FPV drone racing more oh, no. more available oh, to the masses. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, no, you're not going to race that. <laughs> well, maybe I once. Race I that. thought I saw Minchin Any... uh, racing one. Okay. Yeah, but he didn't put it in an actual race. He did it in <laughs> practice. No, I've never seen anyone show up to a race yet with one of them. Do it, Alex. Be the one. <laughs> 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 only if you guys pay for the repairs uh, you would have to be so slow and careful it would just be ridiculous <laughs> gotta get some more aggressive props on that thing hey All if right. you guys pay for the repairs I will do it <laughs> so uh, um, but definitely something to push we're trying to get Dave to uh, try drone racing too so we think he can hit some gates we that's it I, I can hit I can hit a gate just as, as hard as anybody else <laughs> <laughs> by hit i mean go through i made it oh. through like <laughs> i made it through like three gates and then started to freestyle and gave up on the racing oh there you go <laughs> come on racing is more fun it anyways. just didn't hold my attention sorry <laughs> some people need the creative some people need the adrenaline i'm more the oh squirrel look what's that oh a tree cool <laughs> called next gate next gate how many seconds can i take off what line can i take what's the go. best line all of that yeah. at once there you go like i said some people like that some people like the creative that's the cool thing with drones you can do who's that in front of me pass them <laughs> so it says Why work on I... your media pitch for your business or your personal brand um so obviously if you're wanting to get into the social media aspect of uh drones obviously um Know, people like uh, Drew or Steel or Joshua Bardwell, they all have a brand. So um, if you, that's the route you want to take, or even we, even we have a brand, right? So uh, working on building that, and I think that's a great goal for us uh, that I think we need to go into 2022 with, with um, is to, to build ourselves. Um, we've grown a little bit every year, and you know, hopefully we can grow even more this year. 
Uh, do something creative or inventive. Uh, do something that reinvigorates your love for drones. Try a new way to creatively incorporate drones in your life. Um, let's see. This guide to making a drone racing business card is delightfully hilarious example of that. Um, learn a new drone adjacent skill um like programming or you know um <laughs> lots 3D of people printing. end up in 3d printers 3D printing. yep got one right back over there i love my 3d printer um or even you know it could be even you know electronics uh design you know if you want to build your own board and um, once you get a 3d printer you gotta do 3d cad design and <laughs> and then once yeah. you know cad design you can build your own frames there you go Alex has or, got a new frame if, design he's working on. If freestyle is way too exciting, then you can, you know, get as you get your ham radio license, you can get your general <laughs> license and, and start talking to people of my vintage <laughs> around the world. It's really exciting stuff. <laughs> CQ, CQ, CQ. That's hilarious. All right. So definitely uh, some interesting goals there. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up with a drones for good article. Um, just because uh, we always love seeing these, but uh, a drone helps save a cardiac arrest patient in Sweden. I have heard of this one. Yeah, this was pretty cool. So, um, autonomous drone has helped save the life of a 71-year-old man who was suffering from car uh, a cardiac arrest. Um, the drone delivered a defibrillator to a doctor, helping the man who became ill while shoveling snow outside his house in Trollhattan. Trollhattan, Sweden. Hopefully I said that correctly. Apologize to any Swedish people who I might offend. Uh, the man who didn't wish to be named told the BBC it was fantastic that it arrived so quickly. The company behind the drone says it meant that the defibrillation def def could begin before the arrival of an ambulance. Um, Ever Drone says it took over three minutes from the alarm being raised until the automated uh, external defibrillator was delivered. So... Uh, basically, uh, this doctor was passing by as this guy was, uh, having a heart attack, um, stopped to help, um, called, uh, 112, which is the Swedish 911. Um, and a drone was dispatched with the, um, AED, uh, defibrillator, and the doctor was able to, uh, utilize it before the ambulance even arrived to help stabilize, uh, the patient. So... This is a really cool thing. Um, they have um, uh, dispatched uh, to 12 out of 14 cases of suspected cardiac arrest and successfully delivered an AED in all but one. In seven cases, the drones arrived before the ambulances. Um, in the December incident, it was fortunate that a doctor was nearby, but questions remain about whether members of the public without medical training would know what to do with a defibrillator. Um I've seen one of these. They have instructions in them. Um, but one of the cases that they make here is that uh, they are designed for an untrained person to use. Um, and uh, oftentimes you'll be on the line with uh, the emergency services that can walk you through how to use it if you um, can't read You know the simple. Most of them have very simple diagrams on where to place the pads and, and how to charge it and how to turn it on. Um, a lot of uh, public businesses have these now. Um, so uh, pretty cool tech. Uh, pretty cool that uh, they were able to help this uh, gentleman um, 
test his medical condition. So, uh, pretty cool thing. Um, the uh, it says uh, time is very much of the essence. The chances of survival decrease by seven to ten percent with each minute following the collapse. So, uh, getting there fast is a key thing. And being able to utilize a drone to get there quickly is a cool deal. So, with that, that's all I have. Um, Dave, you got any updates from all your various happenings that you're working on? I'll just uh, mention that uh, we really are wrapping up on the uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight Aviation Rulemaking Committee that uh, we've got a final meeting on the 21st of January. And then uh, uh, we we deliver the report to the FAA and hopefully shortly thereafter, the report is made public. Well, uh, when that happens, uh, and I've been assured that it will be made public, we will, if that changes, we'll also let you know, but uh, we'll uh, be sure to go through uh, this, the salient points uh, for for us, uh, even though the 99.9% of the focus was uh, commercial. Uh, there, we, there are some great things in there for 107, and uh, we're, we're optimistic that they can be a, a positive knock-on effect for recreational. Uh, in addition, our uh, we've, we mentioned a little earlier the K through 12 aviation topic uh, assigned to the AAC, uh, Advanced Aviation Advisory Committee, uh, which will be uh, uh, presenting on February 23. That's wrapping up. We've got another week or so on that report. Uh, I'm uh, on the writing team of that. Uh, and Alex is also participating. Thank you, Alex. As I mentioned, thank uh, as is Vic Moss. And uh, we've put a uh, I've I've re-upped my application to the AAAC, uh, and I've also submitted an application to the drone safety team. Uh, different from the FAA safety team, the drone safety team was called the UAST, and that's uh, being revamped. And uh, as I've mentioned, we saw back in June. A large chunk of work from the AAAC passed over to the drone safety team. So, I'm. Uh, it looks like that'll be a, a more technologically uh, uh, heavy uh, group solving uh, problems and coming but coming up with ideas to, for the FAA. And that's about what I'm working on. Cool, Alex. You got anything for us? Uh, Marshall GP has their uh, global quality qualifier design contest going on that ends at the end of january that'll be narrowed down to five tracks and then they'll have a race to decide a sim race to decide what's going on what the qualifier track design is going to be for this year i've seen a lot of really interesting designs so far um so that's all i can really think of in that corner of the woods what's the time i'm sorry my uh, mic uh, dropped out uh, and my uh, audio completely dropped out so i didn't hear uh, all of that alex did you say what the timing of that uh, track competition was when uh, we'll expect to see that'll probably be february that'll probably be february for track release in march okay. that was how it was last year all right so dan will be able to build some of those tracks in the uh, march time frame in uh, minnesota <laughs> eh, it might, might be a little chilly. Then. Well, that's snow. why the season. That's why the season goes through summer for northern states Here to you. have actual sun to <laughs> race in, and not snow on the ground. Yes. For those of us in hot states, not so. 
<laughs> that's why it's also early enough in the winter so you can do it when it's cool Just it's kidding. all pre-planned it's all pre-planned <laughs> cool also, all right, Dan. If anyone wants oh, to see sorry. the trailer, that uh, just put the link to the trailer in the chat for that Michael Bay film. Cool, cool. All right, and Dan, you got anything for us, sir? I don't have anything new, but I was wondering if we could give a quick update on, and maybe a little bit of a backstory of the Beyond Visual Line of Sorry, well, the the No Spotter waiver that we're trying to work on with the FAA. So Alex, you want to take that? Like, where did that come from? Why are we working on it? And so where are we at? It came from a comment from Jay Merkel during the droning on after dark sessions. Uh, and basically he said, get a waiver for it. Apply, get a, and then have a bunch of people apply for that waiver once you get it. And then maybe if enough people apply, it'll become a rule where we can fly without a spotter. And uh, so, yeah, he ta- sort of talked about how, like, the, the waivers for flying at night and flying over people were super popular for Part 107. Because of all the volume. And there were so many of them, and that there's never been a problem with it. They used that as a reason to say, hey, look, Part 107 people should be able to just do this without needing a waiver. So the same theory goes for not needing a spotter. Obviously, we all know everyone's oh. flying without one anyway. It's safe. <laughs> Let's get the FAA I don't to see that. that. Oh, no, of course none of us do. <laughs> And Vic is saying that he's got a waiver application for this too, and and yep. uh, we're absolutely working with the DSPA uh, and sharing uh, uh, in, insight. And one of the things that I've learned about the waiver process is it's not just fill out a form and you get a guarantee approval. Mm-hmm. You're asking nope. for an approval, you and you're being asked how case. you how are you going to mitigate the the risks, and it's case by case, just as Alex said. So the the idea is. Once we get something as a recipe that looks viable, uh, then we will share that and we will encourage people to submit waivers with the motivation, just as uh, we were saying, that uh, this maybe could could become uh, an accepted way of doing business, maybe via an an advisory circular or even a new rule. So Alex, do you have a guess when we might submit our, our first attempt? Oh, he's putting you on the clock. <laughs> Just a <laughs> guesstimate, that's all. Um, Let's say 2022 will apply. That sounds okay. good. So for those um, of you who don't I, know, Alex yeah. is a very busy individual. He's going to college right now uh, for engineering. He's uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty uh, up-and-coming uh, drone racer, um, and he participates in a lot of... Uh, not only with us, but with GATA. So he he keeps pretty pretty busy. Very yeah. active in the community. We appreciate it, Alex. Absolutely. So one of the things about the waiver that we're working on is uh, kind of developing a a, a, a big a first step, right? And it's not uh, an easy process. Where it, it's kind of a you know build it, submit it. Um, see kind of where it fails and then kind of go back and, and start changing some variables in it. And um, we're starting it out in a way that we feel could be uh, an easier solution and then trying to build it to adapt to other um, kind of applications. So um, by the time, I guess with what you're saying, what I'd estimate by the time we get one that's viable for 
most scenarios will probably be about the six to anywhere between six and ten approvals. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one of the ways that we are trying to kind of expedite it is kind of build it into a not uh, complete form, but a form that kind of you know selects the fill in options. some blanks. Yeah, fill in some blanks, and then you need to add in your uh, exact scenario. So um, the the thing with waivers is they can't be used for a one size fits all. Um, so for an example, um, these things are often tied to a specific um, place where you want to fly. Right. So, you know, those are going to, you're going to have to take that into account in your individual situation uh, versus being able to just like form that in. Right. But um, things like selecting your drone, selecting your equipment, that kind of thing that um, it can kind of help speed that process. Um, but again, it's going to be a case by case basis. And the goal here is to get the community at large able to submit this type of waiver and then um, kind of have it hit a bunch of times and then obviously be able to report back that, hey, I flew with this waiver. I flew without a spotter. Um, you know, obviously with FAA approval and I didn't have any issues. And once enough of those reports come back where, hey, we did this with no issues, then that's when we can start looking at a rule change, right? Um, so um, definitely a, a process behind it, but a process that can lead to maybe some uh, hopeful relaxation of the regulations. And so. it's probably worth now, saying that what? this is only for part 107 pilots because only part 107 pilots can apply for waivers. So everyone right. out there should start working on getting your part 107. I mean, it's a good deal to get it anyway, because there's, uh, you know, there's always some a little bit extra that you can do with a part 107 that uh, you can't do with a recreational. So um, and um, obviously it's it's not it's a little pricey at first um, to get it, but it'll last you a couple of years. And, you know, if you're serious about the drones, it's free. definitely a good thing. So and the recurrent is free. So um definitely a, a good deal so all right so i think that's our update on just about everything uh i feel like we've been gone forever but uh at the same time you know i'm glad to be back and uh hopefully uh we'll have some more updates on on some different things the next time around so not a whole lot seemed to have happened in that time frame unless uh, anybody else has questions no. or if they've thought of things that we didn't see definitely let us know yeah for we sure. don't have to be the only ones talking here in this meeting <laughs> no this is a free-for-all guys um I, I i know you know there's a culture of podcasts and and you know stuff like this but you know feel free to jump in and interrupt anytime like i know i like to talk but not that much <laughs> <laughs> And some of those people out there right now are talking and talking and talking, but they're on mute, so we can't hear them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions, comments, concerns, ideas? What should we, do, we be doing in 2022 that we're not doing? Yeah. Selling more t-shirts. I'm sure that's what we should be doing. <laughs> Oh no, you 
feel free to jump in if you've got a comment or a question. It doesn't have to be just text. Like literally, this, this isn't a professional like, broadcast. It's no, we're, we're, not, we're here we're for not, the community. We're not, yeah, we're not joining. <laughs> <laughs> It would be All nice right. if we got those views, though. It <laughs> yeah. would be nice. I would take those in a heartbeat, right? Um, Alex, maybe we can get you on over there. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> All right. So with that, I will give you back the rest of your evening. And uh, I hope you guys have uh, a great week. Um, hopefully where you are, it's not too cold to fly. Um, or if you're like Dan, you just brave it anyway and get out there. Hey, so... my videos of flying in the cold get more views than any others, so... I know it's crazy. Do it. There have been a lot do of it. questions about flying, and you know, what do I need? You know, new uh, folks who are new to the hobby, they're like, "Oh, is it? Is there any difference at all if I fly in the cold?" And it's like, "Yeah, you think?" <laughs> so, I pointed uh, any number of folks uh, over to your YouTube uh, tips and techniques. Oh, for great! Thanks. What, what to do in the cold? Yeah, so many people uh, when I mentioned like, "Well, you can fly in the cold. Just sit in your car and fly." They're like, "What? You can you can fly from in your car?" It's like, "Yeah, just." Range okay. is a little bit less, but it's not that bad. Look at this meat meat's flying. You get one of those transmitter gloves. Yeah, there's lots of other options. Of yeah, yeah, like hippo hands. But for hey, some people, I've they just it. don't even think about it. They're like, I always, you know, go go walk down a trail or something to go fly, and they're just like, not even in their head that oh, I could just fly from wherever I'm parking my car. So I just think of spots. Hey, in Arizona, where I can park that's a my deal car. too. Yeah, it's like it's either too hot, it's too cold, or there's too many mosquitoes. Eating or you just you alive. live in the middle and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you just have too much uh, restricted airspace around you. We don't have as much yeah. as that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can get 20 minutes to any of the major restricted airspaces, pretty much. Negative. Okay, so we got uh, 9,200 9, feet. Wow, cool. At negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a little oh. chilly. Yeah, that might be a little cold. Yeah, when you're when you're trying to do like freestyle, I just can't do it with gloves on at all. So it's got to be bare fingers, and then that means I have to what? be protected. Yeah. Or you could well, I did just get the transmitter glove thing. I haven't tried flying with it yet, but it seems I'm a little awkward. Does but anything. I don't know. I've not tried it, but it seems like it'd be a little awkward. Been sub zero here for the last couple of weeks. I've been yeah, like, yeah, like twenty or thirty degrees uh, Fahrenheit. <laughs> skyrocketing up that's awesome. it's been too hot here it hasn't got cold enough yet oh goodness um like 30s and 40s we so actually i got I've over actually, 40 today i actually uh have gone out and flown in the snow no conformal coating no anything have crashed picked the drone up kind of brushed the snow off and then put mm -hmm. it back in the air no issues it seems like a lot of people have that not, not happen. Everything's that. fine. And then some people, like the first time they dr land on a one blade of glass, grass that has a piece of dew on it, yeah, the whole thing is like, I don't recommend it. A couple I of do times. not blow up your rigs because of what I've done. Like, I will feel bad. <laughs> don't do it. If you're going to go fly out where it's wet, conformal coat. But... We're too lazy to conformal coat. I have still done that and have been fine for the most part. Do you conformal coat or just do a rough part. or just do a rough conformal coat and then it has a, it protects it enough. Do you ever do that just because in in racing you might be landing in wet grass sometimes or dewy grass or something or Um well I, well usually if I want to fly after it rains or after it snows the ground's going to be wet. Mm -hmm. But 
that I usually don't have to worry about in racing. Sometimes, well, I guess when you fly in Florida for champs, you do have to worry about like the five minute storms that come over or <laughs> stuff. And sometimes there are races where you'll just fly in the rain if it's light. And I've flown quads that aren't even conformal coded in that just because mm. I just haven't put the effort in. Have you? Did you guys see Nurk's video? Gosh, it's probably about six months ago. It completely waterproofed. Uh, yeah, that zip block bag kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, with uh, lots of glue and oh, I loved it. Yeah, dropping into the snow <laughs> and into the water. It was great. That's hilarious. I have to check that out. All right. Well, with that, uh, have a great night, guys. We'll see you in two weeks, um, and hopefully, we've got some new stuff to share. So, absolutely. Um, and go check out the store. These shirts are pretty cool. Good shirts. Absolutely. 100% right. cotton. Take care. Shameless plug, guys. Have fun. <laughs> Have a good night.